Okay, so welcome to Kill the Guru, a marketing podcast like no other marketing podcast. I'm Brent Kobayashi, president of Kobayashi Zeitgeist, and my producer is Mr. Andy McElwain. So we believe that all marketing podcasts, including ours, are bullshit until something actually gets done. So we're on a mission to stop the consumption and start the implementation and actually have a real impact. How do we do this? We get real and we get deep. We have both experts and small business owners on the podcast at the same time. Our experts return to dig deeper with what our small business owners have implemented in the past week. So what's happening today? We have branding expert Andres Pone coming back for the last week, the fourth week, to dig even deeper with personal branding. Super brief, Andres is the go-to branding expert for CBC's The National, CBC Radio 1, and The National Post. He has written a Globe and Mail bestseller, and he just published his second book, which we've been diving into. And uh, I'm most excited about we've got the exclusive of him walking through what he regularly charges. A heck of a lot of money for a small business, but it's worth it. So let's kill it. Andres, this is our last day with you. So I think we're going to bounce around a little bit with the four different aspects of personal branding because, boy, did we ever get a lot of action from our small business owners this past week. And I'd really like to review some of the stuff we've been doing. All right. So um, you ready to go? I'm ready. Okay. So I actually wanted to dig very quickly into core purpose. So talking about our core purpose, and that's where this kind of all starts. And one of our small business owners, Mr. Stephen Bunt, was uh, working on this. And I know you told us to go a little bit uncomfortable. And I don't think we actually realized quite what that means. Because at one point, it's like I'm stumbling to figure out what this is doing for my business, except spare me or cost me some therapy costs. Huh. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So for him, he was, you know, so, so for me, for instance, I saw where he went. He went somewhere similar. It's like, I like to lead people. I like the attention. Maybe I didn't feel enough. Why? Maybe I didn't feel enough love as a kid. Right? Wow. Okay. Or, that's that's um, deep. Yes. So can you talk to that a little bit? What, what's happening there with, with people's core purposes? And, and is this one of the reasons why people actually don't think about core purposes? You know, I, I I think now was that Foti that that went that uh, that, that that was Stephen Bunt. Oh, that was Stephen. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a very that's very honest. It's very very honest. Um, I think you know most people don't get quite that deep. The the, the deepest level usually achieved is something like. I do it because it makes me feel good. And, you know, a lot of people, regardless of industry, regardless of what they're doing, get to that place. You know, they're, 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 they're okay with admitting, you know what? I, I do it really because it makes me feel good. Mm. Now, then the question, you know, you could continue asking, well, why does it make you feel good? And then you get to the place where Stephen gets to, or maybe, you know, maybe it's my unhappy childhood. So, or, you know, or, you know, something similar, I guess the challenge with that is that, you know, 
as a means of inspiring and motivating yourself, as a means of inspiring and motivating other people, being your audience, maybe people, your employees, your customers, your partners, that kind of extreme depth, you know, it's not going to be, I think it is a distraction from, from the business. You know, if you're, if you're putting, if your message out there is I'm doing what I'm doing because I, I might've been, what was it? Unhappy as a, as a, as a kid, did I get my yeah. love from my parents or something that, like that? That's extremely honest. Mm. It's just that the, you know, it doesn't have much inspirational power. So the the task then becomes how do you how do you frame that up? It could just be a matter of rewording it, or it, it could be you know moving up a level and not not going not going quite so deep Mm. or it could be to um you know maybe you don't have to really come out and say it you can say well it's to to ensure that others get the attention that they deserve something like that maybe my core purpose is to to ensure that others uh never feel that they are um you know left behind or ignored or to uh you know to fulfill the needs of other people that kind of thing so i i think bottom line is that that kind of statement you would need to reframe it in order to turn it into a you know we, we want it to be authentic we also want it to be a marketing message gotcha i also like the thought that this is also something personal right this is our business this is something personal we're small business owners you cannot be disconnected from it it's impossible. I say that I say that all business is personal, mm. you know, and uh, I, I tell a story in the book. Here, here it is. It's, it's always <laughs> uh, nearby. Um, I tell a story in the book about the last job that I ever had uh, working as an employee of someone else. And um, at one point the boss was saying, you're getting emotional. And, uh, you know, that was, that was a negative thing. That was a, that was a criticism. And then I went away and I thought about it and I, and I realized that, man, if I do not get emotional about what I'm doing, I should not be doing it at all. So if anyone says there's no place for emotion in business, they're doing the wrong thing. You know, I was just talking with somebody and they were talking about how all purchasing decisions, which is almost the core of what business is, are, are emotional decisions. The logic part is how you rationalize the, the emotion. But you yes. are actually saying, I believe in a person. I believe in this product. I believe this is going to help me. There's some core level of emotion. Um, so I don't know if it's really 100%, but the argument is it is 100% emotion. I've, I've, I've heard about that very recently, actually. Seth Godin, I believe, was talking mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so maybe then... The, the core purpose as you go out to market, I like the idea of reframing it into something that's of service because you are going out to market. You're going, you're not just sitting there at home figuring out who you are. Yeah. So that's one thing. But at the same time, if you really recognize what it is that you're enjoying within your business and you can understand that, then you're able to double down on the business. So it's almost branding quite often with businesses is both external and internal. You're talking to both your customers and your employees and you're an owner. You're like the number one employee. So you better know what makes you tick. Yes. I mean, there's, there's both the, the internal and the external. It's not, 
you know, you, I don't think you can get to an authentic place if you just worry about hundred percent about what your external audience is thinking. Um, and you know, we all know that it's good to have a purpose in life. Well, this is articulating and defining what that purpose is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it can, you know, it can help get you through rough patches. If you think, you know, wow, have another greatest week, but you know what? I'm, I'm doing this because of X and it's important. Cool. All right. You good if I move on a little? Sure. Nice. So, uh, I'm just actually going to pick up some stuff from our private Facebook group. I'm going to say not some stuff. Like there was so much action this past week. Awesome. It has me really excited. Everybody was was doing the homework, digging into the book, working through the, the, the lessons in the podcast, and actually producing something. So I, I see so much value that everybody's getting. And I just wanted to pull some of those out and, and go through it with you um, on our last day here. So one thing, um, Mr. Mike Day was giving some feedback to Fody, who's, who's on the, the call here. And he was talking to Fody. Fody's a, a, a construction general contractor type person who is an aging in place specialist, specifically working with older clientele and getting them to stay in their home and what construction is needed uh, to do that. And Mike's feedback to Fody was, you're generally working with older clients and it's great you listen to them as their story, um, as this will definitely have a bearing on the work you do. So how about something like, your story is where I start? So in the framework of personal branding and branding, what does that mean to you? Your story is where I start. What do you actually think about it? Well, you can see that a smile came immediately to my face because I, I think that's very, very, very good. Your story is where I start. Well, the, the message is, I mean, uh, the alliteration, uh, I noticed right away between story and start, but that's only, uh, you know, that's only part of the story. It's that, that's a really, really emotional message. And, you know, you're making it about the customer. Mm. You know, and we, we talk about with them, right? What's in it for me? Everyone wants to know what's in it for me. What's the benefit? And right off the bat, you're letting the customer know that this is about you. That we're going to start with your story. <laughs> um, so I love it. I really love it. I'm not sure. I would like to have a chat about how that is a core purpose statement because it has the ring. It has the sound of a tagline or a position more than a core purpose statement. I'm not saying it can't be a core purpose, but I would like to bat around and understand how that is a core purpose statement. Okay. Maybe we can bring in Fody in a second here. Um, I also got kind of excited about it because as you're aging, one of the number one things when you get to the home or the resistance to leave your home and go into an old age home is because the idea is that's when your story's ending. Yeah. And that's perhaps a prevalent feeling or thought or underlying pain point or concern. So I, I see that there might be some legs to this concept that could go further in meaning rather than I listen to your story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
you're old and so you have stories and nobody wants to listen to them anymore, right? Whatever that part of it might be, I can see it as, you know, we're starting. You're, you're still going. There's a, lot of, there's a lot left to this story. I really like that. And I, I agree with your statement that, um, that this potential core purpose statement has legs. You know, if you think about how you could bring it to life ongoing, you know, maybe there's an opportunity to, for every client that you have, you know, have a, a, a couple paragraphs or a page story, uh, their story posted on your website, that kind of thing. Mm. The, the story of their life. I remember in my dad's building, um, he, and you know, he's uh, living completely independently at this point, but, um, you know, they had everyone commit to paper their, their life story. And you're allowed, I think two pages and they put it all into a binder and it becomes something pretty special. So similarly here, there, there could be an opportunity to showcase the stories of every client. You know, you could, you could put that on, on the website, for example, with their permission. So that's just one idea off the cuff as to how you can bring this to life. So I, I think it really does have legs. So when you're talking with a person, it might even be, what does this house mean to you? What are the stories that have gone on in this house? Where's the funniest thing that happened in this house? Or whatever that might be. Hmm. Yeah, you could ask a set of questions and, uh, and receive answers to those questions. Or, or people could, you know, re- record their story free form for you and submit it to you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Fody, any brief thoughts on that? I see you writing away there. You're going to need to unmute, though. Cool. Oh, sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. Am I good? You're good. Andy unmuted you. <laughs> um, it was an interesting uh, angle, obviously, and uh, I kind of took that uh, from both the aspect of listening to people's stories um, and incorporating them into the solution, as well as uh, what you mentioned, the start versus the end. Um you're, you're not at the end of your life. You're at another beginning, and I'm here to facilitate that. Okay, so it resonates with you somewhat, something to explore. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so any questions? No, I guess we'll weigh it into what the other stuff that I worked on and see um, you know, what bits and pieces we maybe pull together or if something uh, seems to resonate more than others. Okay. Cool. Can I ask a question here? Cody, how is that your core purpose? So if I was to ask you the question, why do you do what you do? Try answering that question for me now by incorporating the concept of your story is where I start. So my question to you, why do you do what you do? I believe the home is part of your life story. And I want to know what your life story is and be able to play a small role in that story. Okay. So I, I would like you, just like you to entertain the idea that maybe what you just said is your core purpose. And then your story is where I start is the, you know, I call it the pointy end of the branding spear. It's, it's, your, it's your tagline or your position statement. It's the distillation of what you just said. Because what you just said sounds more like a core purpose statement than 
your story is where I start, which sounds more like a tagline. It, mm-hmm. Honestly, it is brilliant. It is really, really good. And I hope you go with it. It's just a matter of how do you use it? Do you call it your position statement? Do you call it your core purpose? Am I making, does that make sense? Yes, yeah? for sure. Okay. All right. So I, I can feel this push and pull between core statement uh, and your, your core purpose and your position statement. And obviously they're supposed to work together. Is there anything that you sort of, that, that has you flip one way or the other, Andres, in general, or is, is more of a feeling as you get into it? I think that in general, the corporate statement is going to be longer than the position. The okay. position should either be, and we saw examples from last time, it should be the something, you know, the silver lining specialist like mm. Cindy, I think it was, or the property princess. It's going to be short. So you're either going to use the the method or you're going to use, you know, my position is word mastery. I'm not a the, but, it, you know, it, it's still only two words long. Okay. And... Um, so your story is where I start really does fit that model a bit better. Whereas the core purpose is going to be, it will just tend to be a little longer because it's so difficult um, to express why you do what you do in a short number of words. Cool. Um, Andy's just going to bring Mike day in. Uh, Bodhi, you can give Mike uh, Andres. He's the one that came up with this. So pretty awesome. Uh, so let's move forward um, uh, a little bit. Um, in terms of uh, character traits, so uh, Manish and uh, Fodi both um, uh, published their character traits, their homework on that, their actions. Uh, Amisha, maybe if you could just read off Manisha's character trait for us. Um, sure. <clears throat> I actually was making some more notes later after that, so I'm just uh, pulling up what I had posted. <clears throat> so the character traits were uh, flexible, willing to adapt to customer needs, customer focused, constantly updating self with the latest and current industry trends. Constantly striving for perfection, uh, confident, consistent taste every single time, quality focused. So, quality focused is that a statement that you have not elaborated on? It's just two words. It's yeah, it's just two words. And I think maybe the third one in the list was also just a word or two not elaborated on. Um, customer focused was um, not elaborated. Confident was not elaborated, mm-hmm. but then uh, the others were. Hmm. I would go for consistency in, you know, either have them. Well, what I suggest is that you elaborate on them all. Keep those elaborations short, but I suggest that you elaborate on them all. It adds, you know, depth to your brand. And I, I just think that when you're talking about your character traits or you're thinking about, about them, there's just a, I don't, I don't think I'm, I don't know what the word is, OCD or ADP, whatever the word is, but I, I just think it's nice to have a consistent pattern. Okay. So let me ask you, so with something... Very good. Those are very good, by the way. Excellent, excellent. Thank you. 
Uh, something like flexible, willing to adapt to customers' needs. So we've got the flexible, great. We've got the what that actually means, willing yes. to adapt. Is there anything you would do with that to make it a little bit closer to home? Is there any opportunity missed here? When you say closer to home? Well, flexible, willing to adapt to customer needs. Mm. Okay. It's almost mm. like a definition. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for something that if I'm, if I actually have this published or a way of thinking about it, mm. what, what would resonate with me emotionally that I'm, I'm sorry to say good job and all that, but it's not emotionally meaning anything to me at least. I think, I think you're really onto something there, Brad. Um, it's, you know, is it table stakes? Is, is that the term being willing to adapt to customer needs is kind of, you know, it's would be very, would be expected in most businesses. So how do you, you know, jazz it up a bit and make it a little more meaningful for the customer. So Brent, I think you have a very good point there. So, it could just be a matter of, you know, not, not fundamentally changing the idea, but just changing the words in some way, you know, provided you really believe it. You have to really believe this. I, I'll tell you about a meeting I had yesterday with someone who um, his position statement was, I think it was obsessed with results, something like that. Mm. And I thought that was awesome because you know, most people say, oh, I'm driven and results-oriented and proven track record and all this stuff. But obsessed with results, that's a whole other level of power behind that. So can you – I think it's willing to adapt to customer needs. Yeah. So that's kind of you – know, that is sort of the – it's almost like the bare minimum. Okay, all right, fine. I'm willing to do it. How can you change that word or, you know, to fiddle around a bit with the beginning of the sentence, you know, obsessed with meeting customer needs, you know, that kind of thing. It has to be real. I don't want to push you to a place that isn't real for you, but I think, pardon me, I think you can add more energy and meaning to that. So that would be something perhaps like um, we always adapt to your needs type thing. Again, yeah, it has to be real. And, uh, and, you know, the interesting thing about that is when you have, we always adapt to your needs and, and you're in business and you will in the next year have that one customer, which costs you a fortune of time or money or something and is, is, is a waste of time and you would not want that customer, right? That's going to happen. Um, but I always but once you have it as your brand statement, it's now not just that's the painful customer. We don't want them. Let's fire them. It's more this is the time when you actually are showing your brand, are able to maybe elicit an asset out of that challenging situation. Meaning here's a situation that has gone awry We've gone full force in with our brand, even though we don't think it's fair or whatever it is that you would do in the moment, but we have a brand, we have a, a, a belief, character trait. I think there's value in that. Oh, big time. 
Huge. I mean, uh, if, if you're re- referring to your brand foundation, there's, there's a lot of power in there. The challenge is to actually live it because it's not always, it's not always easy. You are literally putting yourself in a bit of a box by having a brand foundation in the first place and making these commitments. So when the rubber hits the road, as they say, when it's time to live up to that brand, it, it can definitely be, can definitely be challenging. So I, it, I almost think of it as there's the micro, there's the, 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 the day-to-day, but you're doing the day-to-day based on a huge picture, the macro. So to give you an example, we do a lot of web hosting, right? And web hosting for the most part is you serve hundreds of clients and a few clients have a problem and that's where your expense is. And a few clients will be, you know, you have a few problems with, with one client and there's your profit for the entire year if you look at just that one client. I think it's the same thing with these character traits. You want hundreds of clients and a few of them, because you're living these character traits, might cause it to be an imbalance as far as the money goes at that point. So I, I, I guess what I'm saying is everybody who you're working on your character traits you know, you don't want your character traits to make you lose money every single transaction. But if you're living it, then it can only build your brand when it's the small where it challenges and really shows your brand. And, and possibly even if you say to your, your client, we're flexible, we're willing to adapt. This is our brand. And then you say, can you leave me some feedback? And like, yeah, boy, you guys really lived your brand. And there's now a reason to believe for the, the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm passionate about this one because I think this is really where I think a lot of small businesses, probably large businesses as well, just step back because they're looking at the dollars and cents in the individual transaction. And therefore, they don't want to make a bold claim. And you know what? If you make no bold claims, you're still going to have customers that cost you money. You're still going to have problems. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you're just not going to get anything out of it except pain and, and a fired customer. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I may jump in. Um, sorry, I have actually Manish here, and uh, I wanted it to be kind of a surprise. Uh, I made, um, I kind of really pushed him hard to come here at least for the last day for um, Anderson's podcast. So, because uh, this is really amazing and we both have taken out, uh, derived a lot of value from it. Just on that point of, um, uh, the point that we were discussing right now, as we were talking, as I was hearing you talk about this, I just uh, came up with, what if I say, oh, what if we say we take pride in customizing to our customers' needs? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's stronger. I'm, I'm wrestling a bit with, you know, the balance between customizing and customer needs. Um, you know, in some cases, that kind of repetition can be really nice. Uh, in some cases, in other cases, it can be too much. So we take pride in customizing to customer needs. You know, I, I think it has an interesting ring to it, the fact that you're saying customizing and customers uh pride is that so i i would i would be fine with that part of it and then i think pride is is a lot stronger than willing which was the first one we're willing to and then when you say needs what kind of needs are you referring to um so because this is a food-based business so we um 
uh, what we found is um, there are people that are, so our competitors, um, they are not really, they have a set menu. They have, this is what, these are the 10 or 15 or 20 items that you can choose from, and that's about it. So people with specific dietary needs, people with specific spice levels, for instance, is also uh, something that they, it doesn't say anywhere uh, in the research that we did, it doesn't say anywhere that they are willing to, um, so for instance, uh, one of the, um, um, uh, the distinct points about our food is we are also offering uh, traditional Indian food, uh, which has, I mean, someone may like it more spicy, someone may like it less spicy. So again, there is no, um, nowhere else we found. And so therefore we would like to, because that is one of the things that Manish does is he is, for him, he is, he loves to feed people good food. That's what he loves to do. It gives him great contentment it's not just satisfaction so you know if if you don't like spicy food and he's serving you spicy food then it'll not make him happy kind mm. of. so that's what mm. we'd like to um, present in words in less words <laughs> if i may jump in it's uh sure. morning, everybody uh one of the things that i heard from steve jobs was if you could ever find out what the customer needs before and then come up with it ahead of everybody else. I think that is the trick. Uh, for me, I believe that pictures are an ad does do a lot of uh, marketing, but when the product is actually in front of the customer and he opens the product and sees it, it should be more than what he has seen in a picture or on the web or, or anywhere. And that's what I strive for is, is that, yeah, you look at pictures and you say, wow, look at the Big Mac. And then you open the Big Mac and uh, it's okay. Mm -hmm. you, you look at that picture and then when you get the actual product in your hand and you open it and you say, man, this is, this is better than what even it says on that picture. So that's what I strive for. That's what I, I think is missing in the market we do we say a lot but when it comes to actually doing it mm -hmm. you know we, we we show big portion sizes we show big uh stuff uh, magnified but when it actually comes to the customer it's it doesn't do justice mm -hmm. so that's i believe is is so that's awesome. And what I'm hearing in, from you is a lot of passion, a lot of pride. You, uh, you want to exceed expectations. You want to give people something maybe that they haven't even had before. So in your character traits and throughout your brand foundation, you know, put in that passion. So we take pride is a big step up. It's more passionate than we are willing to, Right. Could you pump it up even further? We take great pride. I'm not sure. But there's a level of passion coming through you, Manish, that I'm not hearing in the language in the Brand Foundation yet. I agree. And it's almost like an obsession for me. I awesome. Find a way to use that word. And it, I'm obsessed because, and that's exactly what I do with my clients is there are friends of mine who are from a different ethnic background. And when they see Indian food and they see me, they say, what can you make for me? 
you know? Yeah. So the best thing I do is I, I bring them over and I, I talk to them, get an idea of what is it that they like, and then I come up with something. Something that they, they, they are not looking forward to, but then they are curious about it, and, and that's where I gauge it. Sometimes mm-hmm. I hit the spot. Sometimes I get really very important information where I can tweak the food, and it works. Okay. So, um, I, I, Andrews, I think what I'm hearing you say is get that obsession in there. Get that pride in there. Get that great pride in there. Yes. What I'm actually really hearing you say is go to the wall. Like, yeah. As a business owner, just go to the wall. <clears throat> And that's where you're going to actually differentiate because so many people don't go to the wall. Um, Alex, one of our people uh, uh, who's, who's watching is saying, well, you know, who, who doesn't like to feed, who, like, who likes to feed people bad or untasty food? And the answer is no one. But I would say not everyone is obsessed with your satisfaction. There is so many other variables. And when you're in business, one of those variables comes in, am I making money in this transaction or am I not making money in this transaction? Am I able to scale this transaction? In other words, right, Manny, you're talking about, you know, talking with people and really understanding and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that might go through your mind is, yeah, but my dollar per hour on this isn't so great. And I see that happening all the time in small businesses. But I think with what you're, I'm hearing here is go to the wall. I agree. You have to make people feel something. You know, if uh, if we're just making statements of fact that are kind of milk toast and and middle of the road, then you're not going to make people feel something. And it's it just it's as simple as that. You want to make people people feel something when we're putting yourself out there. Uh, I don't think we'd all be, any of us would be doing what we did if we weren't really passionate about it. So let that come through. And the, so the language choices are very, very important. And I'm really glad we got into this brand. Uh, I'm really, really glad you challenged us on that because the language choices are really, really important. Sweet. Okay. So let's, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, uh, Mr. Mike Day, you've joined us. That's wonderful to uh, to have you visible and on the call. Um, Mike, do you have the uh, um, uh, some of your homework here? The one that you said, my name is Mike Day, and for the last 20 years, I have the honor. Do you have that uh, available to you there? If you don't, I can read it out for you. I cannot hear Mike. Mike, your mic is off. Mike, your mic is now on. Go for it. No, I'd have to go into Facebook. You read it. All right, I'll read it for you. My name is Mike Day, and for the last 20 years, I have the honor of producing beautiful images for hundreds of wonderful clients. My creative process is fueled by and inspired by my global travels and by a passion for learning about the lives led by people from all walks of life, taking the everyday and making it beautiful, showing the beauty in your business. This sounds to me like a mix of core purpose and positioning statement. Andres, what's your take on this? Yeah, the first, sorry, the first, the first paragraph was sorted together and then the last two sentences were just thoughts. Mm. So your intent, Mike, with that was to 
um, take a stab at a core purpose statement. Is that correct? Um, yeah, the first paragraph was whatever we did two weeks ago, I guess, right? Where we were going for, uh, uh, what was that? Was that core purpose or yeah. yeah? Yeah. And then the second two lines were more the, uh, the other part. Brent, could you read that to me one more time? Yep. My, day, my name is Mike Day, and for the last 20 years, I have had the honor of producing beautiful images for hundreds of wonderful clients. My creative process is fueled by and inspired by my global travels, by a passion for learning about the lives led by people from all walks of life. I'm going to stop there. So there's a lot of richness there, Mike. Let me ask you, why do you do what you do? Um, for those reasons, I think that's why I sort of, uh, jotted them down. Um, it's not an easy question to answer, but can you take a stab at it to answer it in one, one sentence for me now? Take, take a moment, but uh, ultimately to, to, well, to create beautiful images for people and thus to make them happy. And then, you know, so if, I, if I can produce something beautiful for someone that they can put on their wall or their website and be proud of and love looking at and it makes them happy, then that kind of makes me happy. So, Mike, look, you... That's closer to a core purpose statement than that longer bit. Right. That's a lot closer. Right. Something like to create beautiful images that bring beauty into people's lives uh, or to bring beauty into people's lives through the images that I take or to bring beauty into people's lives through, um, you know, through images of them, something like that. That's yeah. also a core purpose statement. We need to be able to say that core purpose statement in, in just several words, in one sentence or even less than a sentence. And um, so I, it sounds to me like you've done some really good thinking. You just need to distill that down, make it short. So I think we're missing something here because um, uh, Mike, one of his things that was driving, starting to drive his core purpose was his travels. Yeah, you're right. Seeing beautiful people in a lot of different places. <laughs> and, and Mike, I think when you go to, I want people to see beauty and all that kind of stuff, I think we're f- missing you. Like, you're, you're right, Andrew. That is a core purpose based on what Mike's telling you. But Mike, you're, you saw beauty in the world and the uniqueness of everything in the world, something like that struck me so strongly now it it could i think we've lost mike it could you know we don't want to or have to try to accomplish everything in one element of the brand foundation there are four elements so i i don't know the answer only mike truly knows the answer however it is possible that the mention of the global travels actually belongs in the position somewhere Mm -hmm. like or it actually belongs in the reasons to believe Mike is, why do we believe that Mike wants to bring beautiful images into your life? Well, because he's created beautiful images all around the world. He's seen the beauty of the world, that kind of thing. Maybe. I'm just saying, maybe. Gotcha. Okay. That's powerful. Thank you. 
Uh, and then those two statements, taking the every, so Mike, you, you kind of got lost there a little bit. Yeah. Basically, Andrus was saying that um, travel and all of that stuff isn't necessarily in your core purpose. It can also be in your reaction right. or reason to believe. It Let's move on a little bit. Sorry? It could be in the core purpose, but not necessarily. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, sort of taking the everyday and making it beautiful, showing the beauty in your business. Those sound like taglines. Showing the beauty in your business. Because, Mike, you have a, a wedding photography and a business side to your – a corporate side to your business. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. I think that showing the beauty in your business is really good. Man, I tell you, that's part of why I do what I do. Because when people come up with this on their own, uh, I just I just shake my head. That That is really, really good. Now, I know we talked last time about, you know, it would really be ideal to have one brand foundation for your two businesses. You know, that, that's a tough call because that's such a great line that may, maybe you really do want to use that. And then, I'm sorry, Brent, could you read that very last line for me again? Uh, taking the everyday and making it beautiful and showing the beauty in your business with the two. Showing the beauty in your business. And, and are they alternatives, Mike, for, for they're both for the business, the corporate side? Um, yeah, I just kind of like that idea. So it's two versions of the same sort of idea. And I mean, <clears throat> as it's written, yeah, I, 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 you're, you're correct. You're right. It, it, it goes straight to the business, but it's the same sentiment okay. as, you know, as weddings or family or any, any other. So showing, showing the beauty in your business is definitely the, the stronger statement of those two. And my mind is wondering whether you can, you know, if you do end up with a place where you've got two position statements, you know, one for the corporate side and one for the wedding side, is there a way to take that statement, showing the beauty in your business, and just fiddle with it just a tiny bit and turn it into something that's applicable to the wedding side? Yeah. You know, so... Yeah this is terrible and I don't want you to go ahead with this, but just throwing it out off the cuff, you know, showing the beauty in your life or something like that. I, I really hate that as a line, but that, that's where I'm going. <laughs> you could start with showing the beauty and then fill in that blank afterwards. Yeah. And you have showing the beauty in your blank for the wedding side and then showing the beauty in your business for the corporate side. And then fine, you have two position statements that are different, but you can see the alignment between them and you can, you can see the connection. Yeah. So try that. Okay. So the last bit we were talking about was reasons to believe. Um, and, and so that's uh, in the book, you have people go through list out your accomplishments and then, um, and then, Take the top ones and summarize it into a statement, I believe was what uh, you're suggesting. Yes. Okay. So um, I actually have two, and I thought we could compare them. Um, I've got Fodi's here. Uh, Fodi, do you have yours available that you can read, or shall I read it for you? Sorry, you're on mute. My summary was, can you hear me now? I can hear you. Started with, I am, uh, I am culturally diverse individual. 
Okay, so my summary was, I am culturally diverse individual with a rich educational background that spans the continents. More than 30 years in architecture and construction with hands-on design, manufacturing and building experience. Leader of cooperative teams, team-driven solutions and a certified aging in place specialist. Awesome, and then Manish also had one. I thought we could compare the two see who wins um sure i'm going to read out what i posted on facebook um there was a list of accomplishments i was having a bit of trouble kind of shortening it up um so i'm sorry so many accomplishments you can't even shorten the list that's (laughs) awesome Yes, uh, which is is all him. So um, I did say that um, Chef Manish Cornelius has worked his way up uh, from an apprentice at the Taj Group of Hotels in India and moving to the Middle East and finally um, settling in Toronto. I reworded that to say calling Toronto home, but the accomplishments are uh, 30 years of experience in the food and hospitality industry. Uh, Worked with uh, industry stalwarts like the Taj Group, Holiday Inn, Leela Kempinski. So, Amisha, let me stop you there for a moment. He has a ton of accomplishments. I love to see the bullet points of accomplishments that drove sort of that statement. Fodi, I would love you to list your actual accomplishments at some point because I think that's a good starting point to see that background. Um, Andres, between those two, like, just understood that Manny has a ton of accomplishments, executive chef at Toronto Pearson Airports and all sorts of stuff, right? these are bullet lists maybe they get onto his bio and all that type of thing but i think that statement that core reasonably statement is what you are driving at once you've got the accomplished listed at am i am i correct in that or am am i missing something Mm -hmm. it's important to have everything listed out yes but that's just the preparation stage to writing you know one sentence maybe two sentences that that touches on those key points. We can't give people too much information in that one or two sentences or it'll just, you know, go in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. So it really is the sentence, ideally one sentence that, uh, that we are looking for. So here's, here's my answer. Both statements that I just heard from Fodi and Manish are reasons to believe that you're, you're good at what you do and that you're competent. Without, you know, the question is, how well do they relate your specific core purpose, position statement, and character traits? That's the question. So, Fodi, when you are, you know, do they, do they support that or not? Or are they just a list of facts that don't really support what you're saying elsewhere in your brand foundation? Because you want the whole thing to relate to itself. So, Fodi, when you were going through everything, I didn't hear anything about you caring about the stories of your customers. I didn't see a relationship in the reasons to believe to that, that core purpose idea. So... I'm not saying that your reasons to believe all have to relate to the fact that you care about stories of your clients, but is there something you can put in there that does in fact relate? 
And Manish, on your side, impressive resume in and of itself, it it helps us believe that you're going to be running a great operation with great food. True. What specifically in there can you highlight that, again, talks to other key points in your brand foundation? I'm not very good at words, but I, uh, this is how I can put it best, I believe. Uh, a Navy SEAL is a lead member of the armed forces who is actually more trained and has got more experience to tackle and are called in when situations arise. I <coughs> the kind of experience I've had since my beginning and how I challenge myself, I feel that I have all that experience that I've put me in any situation um, and I will be able to analyze it. I'll be able to uh, come up with a, with a, with a game plan. Right. Um, and that's basically what I feel is, is, is when I look at food and I look at, at, at all the competition that is going on, um, two things that I really focus on is one, this is not a race. It's a marathon. It's who can stay longer. There will be a lot of shining stars that come up and they come up and they die out. And number two is being very consistent. If you consistently serve what you believe in, that is, uh, I think, is the key. And and for me, um, uh, working at Swiss Chalet, one of the experiences I've had is uh, they take a lot of pride in their fresh chicken. Now, Coming to the restaurant at 9.40 at night when you know that the place is closing down at 10, what guarantee is it that you're going to get a good quality meal? And that's basically, uh, I, I believe in is that whether it's the first food or the last one I make, it has to be the same. It has to be consistent. No cutting corners. You got to stay you got to walk what you say. That's, and let, let people decide. Andres, um, yes. so thank you. Is this an opportunity where story is more powerful than statement? Because I just heard Manish <coughs> talk about the reason he believes in this is because he saw it in his history, right? I, when I worked at Swiss LA, there was a pride in this, and this is where I learned that. Or when I was working here, like, is there, is there something where you want to pull story together rather than in, in this statement of your history? Why should you believe me? Well, stories are definitely more powerful. There's no question about that. What we're working on now is a brand foundation with, with four elements and, <clears throat> you know, I would build the story upon that, you know? So the next thing to do is to, if you're, let's say you're working on the homepage of your website or the about us page or a brochure or something like that, you know, then is the time to blow this whole thing out and write a story based upon it. We want to work really, really hard at this point to get that brand foundation distilled. And what is something that is distilled? It's very powerful. 
And once you get that, once you do that really hard work of wrestling your messages down to a, you know, to a distillation, um, the stories that you then write and then tell in other media are going to be very, very powerful. So uh, now that said, I don't think we should be writing a book here for Manish, but fine. If, if it's two or three sentences that are really powerful that, that tell that story and the reasons to believe, then I think you should go for it. And, you know, one opportunity that I see there, and, and I'm sure you see it too, or you wouldn't have mentioned it, is this, this sort of, you know, Navy SEALs reference to the, something else that I heard in your brand foundation today is the, you know, the pride in being flexible and accommodating customer needs. Well, guess what? You wouldn't be able to do that if you didn't have this. Again, I'll just refer to sort of the Navy SEAL type training. So maybe you can connect those two. If it's really, really important to you that you meet your customers' needs and you're able to do that because of the training that you've had, well, there's a reason to believe. We believe that you're able to uh, deliver this customized experience because of the training that you've had. So if, if that's really important to you, and I, I'm just keying in on one aspect of your character trait here. I mean, maybe it's not that important, but if you can make your reasons to believe, if it's important enough and you want to make your reasons to believe about supporting that idea of customizing things for customers, then go for it. And perhaps something like, you know, he was the executive chef at Toronto Pearson airport handling 16 quick service and full service restaurants. So during my time at this, I found that in order to do this or whatever that happens to be believe to be. And I think that ties into some of what he's doing now. I agree. I mean, 16, <laughs> you're managing the, the food operation of 16 restaurants at, at once, or you were at the, at the airport. Yes, mm-hmm. and the biggest challenge at the airport is that mm-hmm. as a street business, you have data. So businesses go with sales from the last week or the last long weekend, whereas the airport is not like that. Flight delays are not called for, right? You know that, okay, the last long Labor Day weekend will be a very busy weekend, but there could be a flight delay at 8 o'clock at night, and there's three flights lined up, and they all have vouchers, and now you got to come up with food. So the airport is a, is a world in itself. It's completely not connected to the real world. And I know. I know from the prices. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be completely flexible there. Correct. Like if, you want a, uh, you want, if you want a demonstration of a character trait or where that came from. And again, I think Andrew's you're saying is not all of this makes it in there. Um, but, but the highlights, the most important. Uh, can make it in in there. Yes, yes. I, I see that the the Toronto Airport story is very powerful. It's very powerful, and I, I think um, I think there's great potential for you to use that story. Okay, hundred percent. Let me turn this to our small business owners and yourself, Andres, because now's the time when we're starting to talk about what what are we committing to this next week so and any questions that are still outstanding so andres why don't i actually start with you and get a sense of you've seen the journey that these small business owners have taken 
what would you encourage as their next step or the next things that they can look into? You can hold up the book now. Sure. Oh, is this, is this the time? <laughs> yeah, buy the book. Your, yeah. your amazing book, Attract. What, what's the name of the book, Andrus? Oh, it's called, it's called Attract, Brent. Yep. Uh, yeah. in, the, in the subtitle? Power Up Your One-of-A-Kind Personal Brand. Fabulous. So I have a, I submitted a slide this morning that you may have. It's the last slide in the, the deck that I submitted. I don't know if Andy is, is able to bring that up or not. Let's have you uh, describe it while he's bringing that up. He's working sure. on it. There he goes. Well, you, you, you want to start bringing it to Well, first you need to find you first you need to finish the brand foundation, right? That, that's, that's the first thing. And I, I think that each of you has still some work to do and that's fine. The next step after that would be, you know, how do you start bringing that thing to life? How do you start bringing it to life? Because branding is a process. It's not an event. We don't just create our brand foundation and then stick in a drawer and, okay, we're done now. It's only the very, very, very beginning. So how do you start bringing it to life? And I'll tell you a story about a client of mine. His name is Greg Gismagian. And he is a insurance and investment advisor. And we've worked together for a number of years on his, he used to work at BMO and now he works at, uh, well, independently, independently. And the name of his new company is called Curate, Curate Wealth, C-U-R-A-T-E. So he curates your wealth with the same love and attention as a curator at a major museum or art gallery would work with the pieces in your art collection. So curate wealth. And the the tagline is family is why family is why that's his position statement. So it's all about family. So what did he do when he launched this brand? Well, he had it during family week, if you will, it was just two days ago on Wednesday night. Where did he have it? Well, he had it at the AGO, the art gallery of Ontario. And you know, he had his new logo on a big white canvas at the party. It was on an easel. And there were these colored Sharpies that were in the same color as the new color scheme of his brand. And everyone was invited to, what was it? Leave their mark on this masterpiece. Hmm. So everyone was invited to sign the canvas that had his logo on it. And there were all kinds of different family elements there. You know, his daughter was helping him. Uh, his uh, nephew was uh, the photographer for his, his brand. So that's an example of bringing a brand to life. And, you know, we've got the curate element there. We've got the family element there. Perhaps you can extrapolate on that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying go, and, go out and do a launch event right away. But that's just a really fine example of how you can start bringing your brand to life once you actually nail it down. Mm -hmm. Now, specifically this slide here, um, I just wanted to talk about the power of a great headshot and great photography in general. Mike, you can speak to that. I mean, this is a client of mine, very important client of mine, Wayne Miller at Sun Life. And you know, that's his before shot on the left. And then, then we've got his shot on the right. Well, who, 
who would you rather work with? Um, you know, the guy on the right looks like a rock star. So I think photography is really, really, really important. Uh, in the food business, it's, you know, photography of food is, is very important. Um, for example, in, uh, you know, showing off homes that you've done, FOTI, uh, it'd be, uh, you know, the solutions that you've come up with, uh, that photography can be very powerful. So, um, this slide relates significantly to your LinkedIn presence, but uh, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's important for you right now. But I'll just say that one thing I do is I encourage people to be a LinkedIn one percenter. And if you've got an amazing headshot, you know, there, there are okay headshots and then there's, there are rock star headshots. And we see an example of a rock star headshot on the right there. If you've got a rock star headshot, you've got your brand foundation on your LinkedIn profile. You've got your position statement right prominently at the top there in that top area. Um, and you've got a bio in the body of your LinkedIn profile you're what I call LinkedIn one percenter because everyone is doing the same freaking thing on LinkedIn. They're all positioning themselves the same way. It's not differentiation. It's just a sea of sameness. So I don't know if LinkedIn is important to you in, in your work or not. It's more important for some people than others. However, you could consider it as an opportunity to, you know, get your, just distill your message. It forces you to be rather concise, right? So I, I would consider trying once you've you know trying to complete your LinkedIn um, profile with headshot foundation bio and that could really help distill your thinking so those are some thoughts for you I'd actually argue that uh, LinkedIn is probably important for everybody here in some cases when your business to consumer maybe not as much it may seem however um you're always going to have strategic partners you're always going to have business that um happens that you want that to to really illustrate who you are and what you're bringing to the table uh, i also think it's probably a great way to to practice bringing your brand foundation to life in a exactly. way that's actually structured and easier. A website, there's a lot that goes into it. LinkedIn, you're filling out fields. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Practice is a great word. It forces you to be good in a limited amount of space. Uh, if I can make one uh, suggestion, I don't know. Uh, I've found it. I've, I've liked this suggestion. Consider putting something about you in LinkedIn as your last name. So to give you an example, my LinkedIn first name is Brent. My LinkedIn last name is Kobayashi-Digital Marketing. I put that in a long time ago. It yeah. doesn't really speak to my brand or anything else like that. It speaks to what I do. Um, but it does mean every time somebody comes across my name in LinkedIn, searches it or anything else like that, boom, there it is. Brent Kobayashi Digital Marketing versus just Brent Kobayashi. Is that the person you want? There's a couple areas. Uh, I think that's a great idea, Brent. I encourage people to do that. There's a couple areas up there. I think one's called the headline. Mm -hmm. One is in your namespace that you can put it right after your name. And I would encourage people to put their position statement there. So I like that. OT, your 
I start, uh, what is it? Uh, what was the line that you, that we were talking about before my, my store? I start with your story, something like that. Yeah. Your house is part of your story and I want to be part of that story. But the, maybe it was Mike that came up with that amazing statement that we had though. We had a, a shorter statement. My, my story, your, I start with your story. I start with your story. Or your story is where I start? Sorry, yes. Mike exactly. His words were, your story is where I start. Boom. Put that right next to your name. I, I mean, uh, that's, that is what I'm suggesting. When you come up with a great position statement, stick it right up there, either next to your name or in the headline section, which is right below it. Well, if I can just uh, add a little something, uh, we had our session last week with Brent when he was doing the catch up with me. And what I told him I wanted to do was restructure the headings in my website to reflect core purpose, position, character traits, and reasons to believe rather than the typical headings that you see on everybody's website. And would that be under the about us section or would it, are you thinking actually on the main nav or would that be a drop down? Well, you know how some websites you just kind of navigate through a few shots in the beginning and then you can drill into more detail. Mm -hmm. So I wanted this, my, my vision from going through this exercise was what if I kind of somehow integrate these four categories into those first four pages of my website where you kind of see them scroll through and then you can drill down into more details about the experience, about the, the work I've done, about who I am. But just kind of using these um, headlines as my, um, my page uh, names. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I would like to hear what Brent says about that from a construction point of view, from a messaging point of view. I, I think it's a beautiful idea. You would, I think you would want to elaborate on each statement on each page, you know, not mm -hmm. just have the whole page be one statement, but it could be, it could just be the headline and then you have an elaboration below that. Well, I think this is going to be an exercise that me and Brent are maybe going to work on with or without some of the members of the team uh, as part of the afternoon sessions. Excellent. Totally get it. Um, I think, Fody, that that thought process and that structure is really powerful. I would also say on a website, you are also really trying to serve your users and what they're expecting. So if somebody doesn't understand some of these terms, they won't know why they're going there. That doesn't necessarily mean you don't have a core purpose page or a reason to believe page. Some people call it testimonials or case studies or something. You could call it reasons to believe. That might be interesting. But the question is, does that actually speak to your audience? And are they going to understand why are they going there or why would they go there? Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, um, as you said, maybe the examples of my work is the reasons to believe. Mm -hmm. It can be. It so, for instance, on our website, we have a Why Us page, right? So that, that can talk to about reasons to believe. Or it can talk about a, a number of different things, and it's not necessarily structuring our website around that. We know when people come to our site, they want to see our portfolio. That's going to be the number one thing. That doesn't necessarily mean we don't put a lot of this stuff into the portfolio page. 
but it's sort of a, you know, it's like walking into a restaurant and having the washroom have a different name because it speaks to the person's foundation. Like, no, tell me where the washroom is. And then when the washroom is clean and wonderful and all that kind of stuff, then that can maybe bring out the brand foundation. Yeah, I think it still has to function. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm all about function first um, and then a form or a design. Um, and, and But yes, I wanted it to make it a little artistic and that's why I was kind of looking at some of these ideas. Perfect. All right. So we're going to start to wrap up. Um, Mike, I know that you need to go. Fody, I know that you need to go. Maybe uh, we can just get um, some idea of what you're going to be working on to grow your business or what you're committing to to grow your business this next week. And we'll go from YouTube first. Um, and then we'll let you go. Uh, well, I, I'd like to get uh, some feedback from all the things that I've posted and maybe this afternoon session, Brent, um, which I'm going to be part of, we can drill into that a little bit more. But I want to kind of finalize some of that stuff, at least in a um, final draft stage of my core purpose, position, character traits, and reasons to believe so mm-hmm. that we can kind of wrap this uh, chapter of the the branding exercise and, and say we've accomplished all this uh, and then move on to the next uh, category that you're going to be putting up. Can I make a suggestion for you? Sure. Um, whatever it is, whatever amount of time you think you can dedicate to this, I'd love to see you have a draft of what you think your website's going to be. Yeah, we can definitely okay. do that. Awesome. Or alternatively, uh, looked at your LinkedIn profile and actually fill that out with some of this stuff. And my suggestion is get to a point where you're ready to publish. Or, sorry. Okay. I'll, I'll work with, on with LinkedIn, uh, a website. Get to a point where you're ready to publish and then get that out there. I'll work on a website draft with um, whatever feedback we get on these uh, exercises I've already done. And then we can maybe at some point during the week uh, reflect on that. Okay. Awesome. So you're committing to working on the website and this afternoon. Yep. Cool. Mike? Uh, I'm going to, I mean, I'm a little bit behind here because of missing last week. So, you know, I was working on the core purpose there and the, and that stuff. So I'm going to work on the uh, <clears throat> the character traits and the reasons to believe. Sweet. Can I suggest Bodie and, and Mike? One thing for the two of you to do is just creatively think of whatever your 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 brand foundation is starting to shape out to. Even if it's not fully concrete, what things could you do to live it? What, what resonates with you? So whatever that happens to be, what could you do that goes one step further with people? Yes, Andres? I'm going to have another swing at the Facebook page and see if I can see all this stuff that's been posted so that I can comment. Uh, I, I will not be able to do it today, unfortunately, but um, you know, Monday, Tuesday, I could certainly comment on people's brand finition elements if they, if they have them on Facebook. That is really generous, Andrew. Thank you. I'll be happy to. Fantastic. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Uh, 
Amisha, uh, Manny, Mike and Fody, if you need to drop off, I understand. Amisha yes, and Manny. We're going to be pushing off. Thank you, everybody. All the best to you. We'll Thank see you. you in the next phase. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Andrew. Thank Anisha, you, Manny, any thoughts on your uh, commitments for this next week? So we are going to fine-tune the reasons to believe and the accomplishment statement. Um, just shorten it and make it more powerful uh, based on all the feedback I've written down already. Um, and also think about what we can do to live the brand foundation, the brand statement. Um, but one thing also that uh, we're going to work on is the LinkedIn um, and have all the elements that Anders has spoken about. Um, write them down so that we don't have a LinkedIn profile for the business yet, but when we do, then that's what we're going to be. So have it ready so that we can create the LinkedIn profile for the business. Nice. Okay. For me, I, 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 the very first podcast that I heard, uh, one thing that got me was words are very powerful. And and I truly believe it was great to, to work with Kobayashi with the uh, website. Uh, and I put in so much effort in my work. I actually drain out myself. And I would definitely want to see that uh, when we come up with the statements, uh, that we truly believe that they reflect exactly what we do. Mm. Um, that would be my core purposes to make sure because that is not my forte. I, I can do it with food, but not when it comes to words. Uh, I can describe myself, my experiences, but I need somebody to put it together, but have it exactly what I really mean. Manish, um, Manish, I, I, I think I need to stop you there because I've been listening to you and it might be just written versus verbal. You are really articulate about your passion. You are, you're, you do not have a problem with words. So, um, uh, I, I, I think I would encourage the two of you to take a look at, cause, cause Manish, you're willing to go to the wall. You're willing to really put yourself out there, both in terms of the discipline and the effort that you put into what you do. And so I would encourage when you look at those character traits to see what are you willing to state there as far as that goes and, and experiment with seeing if that actually brings the results that you want. And maybe just say it out loud. Just, just to have Amisha say, what does this mean? And just start talking about the stories that, 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 that have brought those character traits to, to, to fore. And just, I, I totally agree, Brent. Manish, I, I think, well, I know that your passion really comes through. And, um, you know, it can be very, very hard to distill these things down. But I, I just want to tell you that you've been excellent students. Amisha, I've been watching you for four weeks. And I, I, you're obviously very, very committed to what you're doing. And I, I think I expect that the end result is going to be very, very good for you. Mm. And uh, in, in relation to stories, Stories are very, very powerful. And if you keep telling those stories, I, th I think they're really going to resonate with people. I think perhaps you might be getting concerned about crafting the right words versus saying the right feelings and emotions and thoughts. So... 
some of what I saw written down there was the right words, perhaps a good sentence. I'd almost rather to have it. I don't say vomited because I would rather have like too much, like just get that real feeling out there. Don't worry if it's makes sense to anybody except you um, and have that on the, on the page. And then you start to edit, right? One of the things a lot of people talk about, and maybe this is, this is, this is challenging for everybody is if you're not a writer, you don't realize that there's writing and then there's editing and they're often two separate things. So right now the idea is just to write down everything, all the thoughts later on you edit and you start refining it. But oftentimes maybe this is what what's happening is you're writing and editing at the same time. Is that possible? Yeah. Okay. Simple answer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll give, a, I'll give you a hand. I look forward to seeing it on Facebook. I'll look on Monday or Tuesday if that's okay. Thank you so much. Wonderful. So let's talk very quickly about next week. I'm actually really excited about this. Uh, we're going to have Kate Hodgson from nine to five narrative. She is going to be talking about the power of story and how to construct. Wow. Because, nice I know, I know a beginning, middle and end the story arc. She's, she's, studied this. This is her thesis, and she's actually deployed it with businesses uh, for quite some time. I'm excited to have her on the podcast. She was going to be on this one, but she had some technical difficulties. She wanted to, uh, to, 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 to be part of this. No problem. We'll figure that out before next week. Um, Andres, any final words of advice, and where can we find you online? Well, I'm at uh, coinbranding.com. And, um, the final, final words of advice would, would be, and I'm going to dovetail on something that you've, uh, a theme that you've just touched on, Brent is just be authentic, be authentic. No, no amount of, you know, word craft and wordsmithing can replace authenticity. So, um, you know, and one of the ways that you can be different, ironically, is by writing down what you feel, you know, just writing in normal language. Um, and that helps keep you away from buzzwords, for example, and cliches. So just be as authentic as you can be. Let that passion flow, which I, I think that you really, really have. And, um, you know, some people will like it. And some people won't like it. And that's exactly how you want it to be. Well, Andres, thank you so much. Um, my, my dream with having you on the show is to bring ridiculous value to our small business owners and to our audience. And I think you've done exactly that. It's been a real pleasure. And now, a pleasure. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Now, if anyone listening is interested in joining our local small businesses live on the show and in our private forums, check out our website, killtheguru.show, and on Facebook, www.facebook.com, slash killthegurushow, all one word. Thank you very much. See you next time, and we'll kill the next guru. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye -bye. Take care. Thank you. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.